This is episode 95 of Bella in Your Business. Welcome to Bella in Your Business, where Bella will discuss anything and everything about your pet sitting business to help you land on target. So get ready. Bella's got your shoot. Let's jump. Welcome to Bella in Your Business. My name is Bella Vasta and I'm your host from Jump Consulting. Today, I have a very special guest with me. I have known Nikki Ramirez for probably a year and a half at least, and I need to tell you all that it was not easy to find her. I went through so many people, convinced myself that there is a magical person like Nikki out there in the world to help small business owners like you, the listener, and myself. Nikki is actually an HR consultant. She offers compliance, support, and employee training for small businesses. Her mission is to take care of the HR, the human resources, so that her clients can focus on her business. I was instantly drawn to her and have been lovingly using and abusing her in almost everything I have to offer. Nikki has actually endorsed the employee manual that Jump Consulting sells to pet sitters. She's also been my guest numerous times in the employee quick start mastermind groups that I have to help get pet sitting business owners from solo to employees. And she's been a wealth of information. You guys, what Nikki does is she is literally a contractor that you can bring on your team, project based or ongoing, and she can help you exactly what she said take care of your employee or your people problems. So without further ado, Nikki, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bella. Good morning. Nice to be here with you. Absolutely. Why don't you go ahead and fill in the gaps and give our listeners a little bit of understanding how you became what you are today and why you do what you do. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So I started working in the realm of human resources, employee training, probably about 25 years ago, getting like a paycheck for it, right? (laughs) And I just fell in love with the idea that I could have an impact on number one, people's success at work, but almost more importantly, their happiness. So by creating a great work environment, we can create great communities. And so that's really, you know, why I do the work that I do, right? If we boil it down to like what's driving me and sparking that fire inside, you know, I feel like if I can get out and help my clients with their HR programs and their people problems, Uh right? that their businesses are going to run more smoothly, they'll be more profitable, their employees will be happier, and maybe long-term we'll cut down on some road rage or something like that. (laughs) Yeah, That's hilarious. I have a master's in business, and so that helped me through the sort of formal study of business and human resources. And I've also been a dual HR certified professional for about 12 years, and I just added a third HR certification to my alphabet soup following my name last March. So I'm really excited about that. That helps me to give really specific service in a particular niche that I love. So yeah. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I'm always amazed at the constant ongoing education that you're going through because the workplace environment and laws and just our world is changing so much. And what might have flown five years ago totally couldn't necessarily fly now. And until I, about two years ago, I didn't even realize that someone like yourself was accessible to small businesses like ours. I -hmm. thought a person like you was only reserved for, you know, a high salary, you know, 80, 90, $150,000 that works for a big corporation. And there's no way a small business, a small mom and pop, even a solopreneur could ever have access to someone like yourself. So as I'm online, Nikki, I am hearing the biggest two frustrations are people getting clients and getting employees. And when they're spinning their wheels, getting employees, 
or they have a problem with an employee. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all pet sitters and dog walkers. Yeah. We're not well versed on coaching sure. people. We're not well versed on, oh my gosh, why can't you just get it? I already told you once. We don't understand how to become a coach. We don't understand necessarily or didn't come with those innate abilities to manage people, which is as you grow your business, that personal development and team building as a business owner is so important. So today, Nikki, if it's all right with you, I'd like to talk about coaching because I think if we could all learn to be better coaches in our business, we might be able to save and thrive the relationships that we've worked so hard in terms of hiring that person that we fell in love with enough to hire them. Let's figure out how to save the relationship. What do you say? Yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start off first with what is coaching and why should we coach? Why should we adopt that mindset of coaching? Sure. Absolutely. So I want to challenge your thinking, though. So I heard you say something interesting. You said that you feel that we are maybe not natural coaches. And Uh I propose that we are all natural coaches, but that human interactions and this way that we socialize makes it difficult. So I feel like all we need to do is sort of be mindful, be focused and do a little bit of learning here. Right practice some skills that are in us. I believe that we all have different levels of success available to us based on the amount of time we're going to commit to it. So I think we can all be great coaches. I think we all have the natural ability. We just have to unlock it for coaching. I love that idea that we all do have that ability. We just need to tap into it. That's a novel concept. Yeah. Well, human relationships are tough, right? Yeah. And so anytime that we are in a position to coach, so we'll talk about what I think coaching is in just a second, but anytime we're in a position to coach, I would guess that there's probably either a question lingering in the back of our mind about whether something's going well or not. And so there may be a potential conflict. And so that's what we're avoiding. We're not avoiding coaching. We're trying to avoid conflict. You know, that's such a great point. I just want to unpackage that really quick. Because if we're going with the mindset and the premise that we Mm -hmm. all really are, we have that ability inside of ourselves. Sure. If you truly look at it, you know, maybe in our personal relationships, Mm -hmm. someone, our husband or wife or boyfriend or significant other, maybe they do something that we don't expect or we don't like. And we're not necessarily coaching them, but we kind of are. We're saying, hey, that hurt my feelings. And I'd appreciate it if you could say it this way next time or not do that next time. So that's a really good nugget. And we're only (laughs) like six minutes into this right now, girl. I love that. So what is coaching? Coaching is a way that small business owners and leaders can change the outcome of the game during the game. Uh Okay. So coaching is happening real time. It's happening on the job. It's happening during training and it's happening during just normal interaction with employees. So Mm -hmm. coaching is a way to change the outcome during the activity. And so it's not something that we wait to do later. Coaching Uh is active in the moment. That's, I think, an important distinction, right? There are other activities that we engage in with our employees that are very much more reactive and like, oh, I saw this happen. I heard you say this to a client or I saw that email. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. People are often emotional about it too, ready to kill people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So coaching really is an idea that we want to capitalize on strengths Uh and that we want to point out immediate areas of adjustment. So I'm kind of burnt out on the idea of feedback 
and constructive criticism, right? It's been a long time we've been talking about that in the industry and management, leadership, and HR. Uh But feedback sounds like when my microphone spazzes out, right? And it's like, and and I can't focus and I can't really hear what's going on. Uh That's what I feel like feedback is. Mm -hmm. So I like to think about the idea of coaching and providing this information to folks in the way that I'm going to take an opportunity to point out what you're doing well, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to give you ideas for immediate areas of adjustment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, last, I think coaching is a top opportunity to build relationships and rapport with our employees. And so we're kind of in this active, engaged mode with them, and we're able to have some good communication flow, two-way communication, and it helps to build the relationship. So what I'm hearing is that if you open up your mindset to a coaching relationship in ongoing, it might actually help with those people that feel like their expectations aren't being met. So like, well, you know, Nikki, I gave you this task and now I'm going to get upset because you weren't perfect at it and you didn't give it back to me. Well, if I could admit that I'm 50% of this and see how I might be able to help coach you as it's going, I might actually get my desired outcome, which is what Mm -hmm. I want back. And this isn't just for employees. This could be like if someone wants to get an office manager or virtual assistant or a contractor like yourself. I mean, even right. Just that constant feedback and you're encouraging Mm -hmm. that open communication is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Powerful. Powerful. So what do great coaches do to unlock the employee's potential? And what are the top strategies for coaches to become successful? Like, how can we be good at this and emulate the person that we're trying to help? Well, I think for me, again, and everybody sort of takes their own journey learning about coaching, right? I like to hone in on and focus on somebody that I admire Uh or somebody, a coach that I think is a great coach and observe them, Mm -hmm. listen to them, take notes on what they're doing. If they have a great book, listen to it or read it. And so, you know, I've taken a lot of lessons from you too, Bella, you know, as time goes on and we've built our relationship, you know, I definitely look to you just sort of as another example of a great way to do business and coach folks to success, right? We all, we're kind of running this parallel life where you're doing your coaching and I'm doing mine. Yeah. Yeah. So look at people that you admire, watch what they're doing, ask them a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. Top coaches, though, what they are doing in order to unlock this untapped potential for employees is that they provide and I look up when I say it all the time, they provide vision Mm -hmm. for their employees. So think about a coach. So think in a coaching mindset here, you got a captain of a ship Uh and the ship is going to go through an unsailed ocean to a shore that has never been sailed to before, right? We're going to land on a new shore. Uh And somehow that captain coaches these people to get on the boat and paddle and give it everything that they have and everything that they've got with the promise that it's going to be great when they get there, right? And so they provide this vision. You know, when we do this work together we can achieve these awesome things Uh or we'll live this awesome lifestyle, right? Together. Mm -hmm. And then they lead by example, right? Mm -hmm. So great coaches, maybe to continue on thinking about the ship, right? You know, maybe the coach isn't paddling, but the Mm -hmm. coach is standing right there, Uh providing feedback in the moment and keeping their eye on the prize. So Uh they are constantly looking out to the horizon to see if we are heading in the right direction, Are there any obstacles coming up? Because it's the coach's responsibility to clear the obstacles so that the team can continue. 
So they provide this vision. They lead by example. The coach couldn't be paddling, right? Because it would take them away from the opportunity to be doing that visionary looking forward and commanding the team too. Yeah. The coach can reach down and show me how to hold my paddle in a more effective way to get more power. Yeah. But the coach shouldn't take my spot on the rowing team. (laughs) I love that vision. That's an awesome, awesome vision. So how often should we be coaching people? Because I could also see that this could become like, oh my gosh, what are you telling me now? Oh my, like, you know, like (laughs) it could almost be like a mother hen kind of thing. So how do we avoid going overboard with this sort of thing? I feel like it's important to integrate coaching into your practice, managing your employees very often when they're new. So there's kind of this continuum that I see people on. So when someone is new, they're going to start out strong. You're going to coach a lot in the beginning, right? The first 30, 60, 90 days. Mm -hmm a lot of hands-on coaching time. So it could be as often as daily. Uh And I think that that also sets the stage for the expectation that I coach. So our relationship is based on me coaching you and you providing feedback and asking questions and showing what you learn and showcasing your talents and your skills. But our relationship is built on this very dynamic coaching relationship. So as often as daily in the beginning, and then maybe you are weaning because the person is doing a great job with your coaching, right? You think about like maybe a a world-class team, like a USA basketball team, Uh right? That coach is on those players for hours every day and their vision is big, right? Bring home the gold. Yeah. But when they are in the off season, he still coaches them. Uh He absolutely does, but it's in a different way, right? Uh And so when it's game time, you're coaching differently. When you have a new team player, it's more often and different. But as people are more comfortable and more competent, maybe it weans off a little bit. But I think that it's important, too, to think about that there are a couple of kinds of coaching that we can do. There's one type of coaching that I, I like to call directive coaching, where I say, take the paddle and hold it this way, you'll get more power. Mm-hmm. Right. And then non-directive coaching is saying, can you think of any other ways to hold the paddle so that you would get more power? Mm-hmm. So I'm not telling you how to do it, but I'm saying there might be a better way. Right, right. So, you know, we can be coaching often or less often based on the employee's level of skill and success. We Uh could be directive or non-directive. You know, also a coaching strategy and opportunity for lots of small business leaders is a simply a monthly check-in call where they have a few simple questions. One of them is what's going well and what are you currently struggling with? Or what are you wondering about? And then the last question that I think great coaches remember to ask is what should I start doing to help you? What should I stop doing that would help me get out of your way? Mm-hmm. And then what can I do more of to help you be more successful? So a coaching call is okay with your employees once a month. That's a 15-minute commitment, and you get so much bang for your buck. And by the way, coaching is free for you to do. So of all the things that you invest your time in, yeah. this has a really consistently high return as a business owner. So, you know, invest in that 15 minutes with your seasoned, successful employees, and they will continue to multiply their success and their results. I'm literally making notes myself right now. (laughs) We are going to have show notes that my awesome assistant comes on and does. But there is so much goodness in this. This is so valuable, Nikki. I want to kind of go back. So for the listeners, I want you to think about, is there an opportunity in your hiring process to really establish that level of, hey, I'm going to be coaching you. And you don't have to say coaching. You can come up with your own lingo in your, you know, we're going to do bark backs 
What, what are bark backs? Well, it's when we bark back at each other or tail wag backs or I don't know. I'm just coming off of this top of my head. But you can create it so that it's welcoming and fun and true to your brand and in a way that people expect it. And Nikki, I think what you just said was absolute gold because <laughs> if we can keep, I mean, I don't have to tell you this, but for the listeners, if we never had to ever hire again because the people we hired stayed with us for 10 years, we could almost eliminate one, 50% of the problems in our company. Okay. So if you had an expectation that once a month you got on a 15 minute call with someone and it wasn't like in passing, it was, Hey, I sat down. I really want to dial into you. And you asked those questions. Nikki just said, even if that person didn't tell you anything, the mere fact that you're showing them that you care enough and that they're part of this development. It's not my way or the highway. These are the rules. Obey, bow down, right? Yeah. Just the fact that you're creating that culture, like I hope I'm using that term right here. You probably yeah. know better. No. I think it would make a world of a difference with the mm-hmm. tone and the respect that people have for your company. This sure. is powerful, Nikki. Thank you so much for this. Sure, I want to keep going though now. So if we're constantly doing this and we are making those phone calls, mm-hmm. how do we avoid getting into the counseling versus coaching? Because what if someone's like, oh, but my cat died. My mom's in the hospital. Woe is me. I just don't. Like, yeah. how do we draw that line? Because I, I mm-hmm. could also see it kind of going that way too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I think we build expectations through our own behavior. Mm-hmm. And so as a leader, as a business leader, you know, I have often sent my employees the questions ahead of time and said, oh my gosh, we can talk about whatever you want, but here's what guides my thinking during our time together. Yeah. And when people start bringing up things that are difficult, maybe on a personal level, then I definitely try to validate the fact that they're struggling with something, but move quickly through it because unfortunately I can't solve that for them. And I wish them all the support that they need and to let me know how that affects their work. And if they need to have a schedule change, let me know as soon as possible. That sort of thing, but just kind of refocus, you know, onto the expectations of the call. That's super good because you have that yeah. pre-established itinerary or agenda, yeah. actually. Yeah. So it's yeah. not like you're being cold hearted. You're, no. wow, that's difficult. Let me know if you need any support from right. my area. Right. Yeah. And I think with regard to sort of setting the agenda, it just means I value your time. It doesn't mean I'm inflexible. It just means I value your time. I know that you have an important life outside of your job. And I want to make sure that I open the door to get a lot of information that will help you. But I don't want to waste your time either. It also eliminates those. Let me take you out to lunch and we could just have a I'm going to say yeah. bitch fest for yeah. a half hour or something or an hour, yeah. or it gets a little bit too personal. Sure. And I think that's a fine line. A lot of us walk because we want to be personal. We probably consider yeah. a lot of our employees like family, right? Mm-hmm. I know I did. I called them the Bella's family, right? Yeah. But it is important as a leader to also have those distinct guidelines or those boundaries. And I, yeah. I love that tactic. What about a stubborn person? So you're like, yeah, guys, that's great. But you just don't understand. This person I have is a nightmare. And I've told her to put the litter scooper back in this certain section five times. And she's never doing that. Or it's never the same thing once. It's always something else she's missing or something else she's not doing every single week. What do you say to those people that are trying to coach stubborn people? Sure. So coaching is something that we're doing, remember, to boost performance. Mm -hmm. It's not a reaction to a problem. And so my first point of consideration is that when you are repeatedly 
retraining or re-instructing. You're being, you know, you're simply giving directions to somebody because the type of work that pet sitters and dog walkers are doing, it's very much a by the list methodical activity, right? There's no like winging it. That's not how the business works, right? Right, right? I have tons of animals at home. If I have help come and, you know, when I'm traveling or out of town and they put everything back in the wrong place or don't complete the work, it's like scratching right. my head. That wasn't very helpful. Right. So it's important when you have a stubborn employee to think about whether coaching is appropriate or discipline is it's time for discipline. So that's a different day, different conversation. (laughs) But I urge folks to think about the idea that if you coach first, the instance that you'll have to discipline will be reduced. And so that's a benefit of coaching, right? Yeah. Somebody has clear expectations. You're providing this ongoing real-time feedback and adjustments, right? Yeah. On how to best do the work. But when you have somebody who's just really stubborn, it's time to put them on notice sometimes. Right. And so saying, gosh, I'm getting really concerned that you are not following the procedure. All of our employees have to follow the procedure. If they don't, we're going to have to look at next steps. That might be a verbal warning. Your job might be in jeopardy. You know, and you learn to say those things the more we practice. (laughs) Those conversations get easier. And that's where someone like yourself comes in handy. I mean, I remember I reached out to a friend who was this was before I knew you. Obviously, it was like five years ago. And my husband had, he was friends with the HR people at his work yeah. and I had to fire someone and I'd never done it before. And we spent 45 minutes on the phone and coaching and, and it's so important to have someone like yourself on a team to help work through that because it's emotional as the coach or as the business owner, it's emotional. Yeah. I love that yeah. you said that. Yeah. Coaching serves as a foundation for discipline. So definitely when somebody's stubborn, make sure you do your coaching, but don't get hung up in coaching. Don't keep coaching to your own detriment. Yeah. You know, talk, let's talk about when it's time to discipline. And it's very much case by case, right? Depends on the sure. employee, depends on their level of knowledge, experience and training, their history with your company. So we take that yeah. all into account before we discipline. But you got to draw that line sometimes. Okay, Nikki. So what about those businesses that are like, you know what? I'm so busy or I've got 50 employees, Nikki. I can't go call every single one of them for 15 minutes. That's just not feasible. Do you think that staff members could coach each other? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely do. My experience in leadership, I've worked on teams that have just a couple of people, especially right now. I have one full-time employee and a couple of contractors that work with me, uh-huh. but I've had teams of people that blossom and bloom into the 300 and 350 on the team level. And so what we do at that time is we say, well, gosh, who is doing a wonderful job and has just the right mindset to help me along? Right. And so you have blossoming leaders within your organization. Everybody does. And so you have to tap into that and you can observe their behavior in a team meeting or a staff meeting. If it's a phone call, right, might even be a conference, a video call that you do with your staff, something like that. But they naturally provide ideas and support to other employees. So then you privately turn and tap into that and you say, gosh, you know, Bella, I noticed that you have so many great ideas that are helping people succeed in their job. How would you feel about coaching new employees? Or, you know, if there's a specific area that someone's really good at, you can assign them to coach other employees when we see that other employees are struggling in that area. So if someone's having a hard time walking multiple dogs or with certain pack of dogs that's giving them trouble or simply following a procedure, you know, a safety procedure, you know, getting the keys, checking in and checking out of a client's home. If you have somebody that is so good at that and so methodical, send them along with that other employee just to kind of ride along and give ideas with the understanding that that person who's helping coach is not able to discipline. 
you know, they're not a part of the supervisory or management team. They're just a peer coach. And that frees your time up. And it really helps to create a method for blooming leaders within your organization and succession planning, which is the idea that you're going to grow your own next leaders. This has been so amazing and so enlightening, Nikki. I mean, honestly, this is something that I think we overlook a lot as business owners because there's so many things that take our attention. And I really appreciate you bringing this topic to the forefront because I said, hey, Nick, I want you on the podcast. What do you want to talk about? And this was an incredible topic. So thank you. I want you to let our listeners know how you've helped some pet sitters that I've worked with and passed on to you. Let them know how they can use you and then how they can contact you. Sure. I've really had the pleasure of working with some folks in your industry. And I say it's a pleasure because I'm just genuinely an animal lover. So <laughs> we have three dogs. You and are. A your horse. cat's always like walking across the screen when we're working I know. together. She's getting so big now. So she <laughs> sleeps all day. She's not playing 100% of the time. Yeah. I'm like, where'd she go? Yeah. But I genuinely love animals. But aside from that, I love the idea of jumping in and helping small business owners that are experts in their field. And that's what I found about your clients and the Mm -hmm. folks that you work with is that they are absolutely experts in what they do. And they are just sometimes struggling to find the time to get it all done. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I've worked with folks to help coach them through employee relations issues. So I have an employee who didn't return keys when they left. What do I do? Or just no call, no showed and has 10 keys or, ah, you know, whatever the different situations are. I've also worked to refine job descriptions and help with job postings and screening candidates and developing customer service trainings for some clients too, just things that are natural extensions of employee behavior, right? So I help the clients tap into those skills that they need their employees to exhibit Mm -hmm. and then also help counsel and coach the owner on how to be compliant with rules. So we've talked a lot about wage and hour laws and how to properly pay people in accordance with the federal overtime laws and timekeeping laws and state minimum wages. And I mean, you name it, we've really dug into a lot of different areas of HR and Yeah, I think we've had a pretty good impact so far. You absolutely have. I've gotten rave reviews from you. And like I said, you guys, you don't have to be out there struggling, trying to figure this all out on your own or go look up statutes and and then ask your lawyer. And then your lawyer tells you something, then your accountant. I mean, they are their specialty in their own situation. But when it comes to creating the absolute concrete foundation. The employee quick start helps give you the method of it, but then you need to develop it into your specifics. And when you're developing it into your specifics, Nikki is a great resource to help you with it because a lot of this stuff, you guys, you can learn it once and create a procedure for, and then use that again and again and again. But the challenge is addressing all of it before you need it. You don't want to be like me five years ago where you realize that you need to fire someone and you're emotional, you're scared. You're reaching out to try to find someone you trust and establish a relationship. You want to have that relationship in advance. So I highly recommend that you reach out to Nikki. Nikki, what's your website or how do you want people to reach you? Easy enough to head to the website and it has all of my contact information. And of course, an easy form to fill out if folks want to schedule an HR strategy call or a quick consultation, 15, 30 minutes on a particular topic. I'm open to that. Awesome. Um, and website's easy. It's just hranswers.org. 
That's pretty easy. HRAnswers.org. You guys, this has been another episode of Bella in Your Business. I almost said the wrong show one. (laughs) We love having you here and hope that if you found this helpful, go ahead and share it in other pet sitting groups that you might have. Because like I said, this is a topic that people need to know that there are solutions and answers out there for them. So help out your fellow pet sitter by sharing it. Also, if you liked it, please, please remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review if you were so moved to do so. And remember, when life gets busy, always keep jumping. Thanks for jumping with Bella in your business. For more information, free articles, free coaching sessions, and more, go to jumpconsulting.net. And remember, Bella's got your shoot.